0: Titus 2, 4 through 8 says that older women must train younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. (laughs) This is a big one because one, clearly loving our families is not as obvious as we may think. And two, we don't want to bring shame on the word of God, right? And so I've asked a few older, wiser, and strong women who fear God to join me in sharing their wisdom. And ladies, it's rich. So buckle your seatbelt and come on into this week's episode of the Woman Pray Podcast. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray to the woman who's busy and just needs a change. Pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself. Pray. Stop grumbling. Pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out. Pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to The Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of The Woman Pray Podcast. I want to share direct quotes and excerpts from God-fearing women based upon the scripture in Titus that tells older women to teach younger women how to love their husbands and families. I think you'll really appreciate the wisdom coming from these heavy hitters because they've been married for a total of 162 years. That's 162 years of wisdom coming at us, ladies. And it's coming for you because Woman Pray is designed to grow women in prayer for life change. So as you hear, I encourage you to survey your heart so that you can make adjustments in how you interact with your husband and your family. Remember, you don't get do-overs in this life. Children don't repeat the same age. And marriage marriage in the first year rarely, if ever, looks the same in the fifth year, the tenth year, the twentieth year. So allow the words spoken to convict you where necessary, challenge you to do better, and encourage you to start now, lest you set your future up to look on the past with regret. I'm a witness. Regret doesn't feel good. But celebrating where you did things right makes the life experience rewarding. And so before we begin, I want you to mark your calendars to join me in Detroit, Michigan, September 15th and 16th. So go to womanpray.com to register and I'll see you at Detroit Worship Center with Pastor Cherise Stain for the next Woman Pray Intensive. I hope you're excited because I certainly am. All right. And now. When thinking about what it means to love your husbands and families in a way that will honor the Word of God and His will for your life, we're hearing some deep, mm, deep, but practical ways of how to apply Titus chapter 2. And I really do believe it's the kind of insight that can bring every woman healing, encouragement, wholeness, direction, correction, and even hope. All of it's necessary because in reality, not many of us ask questions like we could or should. Generally speaking, we tend to compare ourselves with others and then live out of our history or our own experience and then bear the burden alone. But that's not God's will for you, woman. He doesn't want you comparing yourself to others. That's not wise according to scripture. Instead, he wants you to know that he sees he sees your wrestle, he sees you trying, he hears your prayers, and he has placed women around you who love him, have been married and are willing to share with you the wisdom they've gleaned over the years. You may need to think about who they are, but I encourage you to open the door and let them speak into your life. Until they're identified or alongside those that you do hear from, I'm presenting the heart of five women. Some are leaders, some are not. One is widowed and one was divorced. But all are Christians walking in real relationship with God, offering us scripture as well as experience that we who fear God can truly learn from. I, for one, thought I had all of the answers as a young woman, but because hindsight is 20 there are a few things that I would have done differently or at least should have reconsidered had I sought out or listened to the wisdom of older women. So I'd say confidence is good, but not at the exclusion of having ears to hear from those strong in the word. And so consequently, I regret some of my decisions. And I want to spare you that. Could I have shared tidbits alone? Sure. But from different voices, I hope you'll hear a mutual conviction for Jesus Christ as these ladies share what they've learned from doing some things right in the eyes of God and with hindsight, what they could have done better. Have ears to hear so that your family is strong spiritually as well as healthy relationally. I'll start by saying cherish every moment with your family. Don't take anyone within your unit for granted, but spend quality time with each no matter how old they are. Foster relationships by example and be adamant about unity. In other words, don't allow your children to fight. It may seem extreme, but it isn't. Verbalize an expectation for them to stay close and cover one another. Your children should be one another's best friend, but that won't happen organically. You must be intentional. Also, keep your children involved in activities that grow their mind and their confidence, but make sure nothing becomes more important than their relationship with Jesus first and family next. And while relationship with God can be modeled by going to church and nurtured by everyone's involvement in church, more than anything, every day provide leadership in what it means to read and talk about Scripture For life application. With that said, give your children responsibilities as early as possible and make them accountable no matter what. They can pick up their toys at two years old no matter how cute they are. In addition, make time for family study together, cook together, clean together, read together, set the table together, watch TV together. If you work hard, then play hard and make sure you vacation together. Lastly, identify your children's gifts and talents and celebrate them as much as possible. Don't let anyone else form your children. You see them, so tell them who they are and what they will do in the future. Prophesy without apology. You build them, affirm them, validate them, encourage them. Be their biggest cheerleader. Communicate their worth and their value. I believe if you love them in these ways, they'll never look for the world to fulfill them because you will have done the necessary work in demonstrating family. Now, for wisdom in how to love husbands, will start here. Married for 35 years before becoming a widow, Mrs. Celestine says to ask your husband what pleases him. Have a special name for him that you alone call him. She adds, men are visual creatures, so always be sure to take care of yourself your hair, your body, and your clothes. Always present yourself in the way that attracted him to you in the beginning. Keep his attention. She closes with, never say no to your husband when it comes to sex. Unless it's that time of the month or you're fasting together or with his awareness, you should always be ready. Mm. (laughs) Pastor Merriman Johnson, married 36 years, gives insight by saying, Of course, there was a physical attraction to the one you married, but love is not sex. It's not a feeling, but a fruit of the spirit. And she encourages you to study 1 Corinthians 13, to know what it means to love your husbands using the fruit found in that passage. In addition, though many young women resist the idea of submission, she says God will never tell us to do something that he has not empowered us to do. Then she broke the word down, sub and mission, saying sub means to be submerged or unabashed. And mission is a task or a given job. So God is simply asking you woman to come under the mission that God assigned your husband to do in this life. Mind-blowing, right? She adds, submission is power because when you submit to your husband, Proverbs 31 is at work, and your husband's heart will lie safely with you, meaning he'll seek your counsel, your opinion, and thoughts before he makes a decision. Then she offers this, and it's so good, when you disagree with one another because that will happen, if you are unable to submit because you just cannot agree with whatever your husband is asking you to do rather than mess up the atmosphere or disrupt your home. The wife should come into agreement because it's more powerful. Jesus said, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. So agreement is a spiritual force while submission is a commandment from the Lord. And so again, agreement is a spiritual force, meaning it shall be done. It's a legal word. So don't let submission be hard understand what it means. If you're looking for a couple that exemplifies oneness and harmony, the secret after 33 years of matrimony is respect, love, and growth, says another woman. Everyone changes and grows with time, so you must be willing to change with one another as well. Encourage one another in the process and then pray for guidance. Now, Mother Moore, who was married for for 10 years, tells younger wives and mothers not to compete with your spouse. Your marriage is not a competition. It's a partnership. So remember, when you become one, it doesn't mean that you've lost your identity. Point two, men often think differently than women, which means you must pray for discernment and listen instead of quickly responding to what you thought you heard. (laughs) She also talks about submission saying, it doesn't mean that you're being controlled by, by a man, by him, but rather you're supporting him as the head of the household. So honor him in that position and he will honor you in your position. Then she touched on life as a mother, saying, Children mimic what they see and experience. So model Jesus. Avoid arguing in front of the children. Agree to disagree, but don't stoke an argument. Right here is where I'm reminded of Paul's word to Timothy that the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, and in humility correcting others. Mm. Word to the wise is sufficient. Her last point was to seek wisdom from those who have been where you're going and pray always. Last but not least, we heard from Evangelist Ann Marie, who said, and she began with, how change is a must. When you marry, you become one. And if a woman walks in the spirit, the wrestle between who you were as a single person and who you are as a married one is real. Because you must remember that as a wife, your body is not your own. And the work to bond in unity is to willingly give and give in. Give in to the spirit of love by being willing to give to expand and grow in ways that speak to your complete change. Married means that you're giving up your rights and intentionally giving attention or care to the man as a duty. So you're responding to him much like a mother would because he is like your newborn baby who needs much attention. And in giving him what's needed, you must be discreet and willing to go to God with what you experience. And some experiences will be hard, but as you make discoveries about the man you married, you'll find that fasting and prayer enables change. And note, patience is necessary as the transformation to oneness takes place to manifest, or takes time to manifest. In the meantime, cover him as a baby might puke on a mother's clothes, but she loves the baby still. Do the same for the man you married. Be whole in Christ so that your words are not harsh. Take responsibility where you can. Be mature so that he does not have to carry you. And remember, united we stand, but divided we fall. So stand in marriage as one. I'm going to pray for us. But before I do, I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast again and share with others, uh, those, those who are newly betrothed. Woman, you made the decision to marry. You made the decision to have the children. You made these decisions. So every day, make the decision to work on what you have, knowing that it is God who changes the heart of the king and who can change the heart of your husband where necessary. And it is God who promised the voice of rejoicing in the house of the righteous. So hold fast to that promise, declaring daily what is written and living so aligned to his word in response to it that you will not be denied. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this blessed you and I look forward to seeing you again on the Woman Pray podcast. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for being with each woman, newly married or married for a long time. I thank you, Father, for encouraging their hearts because you do hear their cry. And I thank you that we're never in life alone, but you are the author and finisher of our faith, the one who keeps us from falling even until the day of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, for every one of us who seem to be stumbling in relationships, struggling to let go of offense, struggling to release uh, pride or release the other. Uh, We just pray, Lord, that you would deliver us by cleaning our conscience from dead works, so that we can serve you. And I pray, Lord, for healing for every marriage. I pray, Father, that wives would be surrendered to you to such degree that their ability to submit and their willingness to give of themselves is easy. It's easy because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so I pray for the conviction of your Holy Spirit to rest within each one of us so that no matter what our husbands do or whatever they don't do, no matter how excited we are or disappointed we become, may we be found as faithful, steadfast, and immovable, always abounding in your word because your word always works. And so I commit each lady unto you now. And I thank you, Father, for causing our righteousness to shine like the dawn in our marriages and the and the and that you would cause the justice of our cause to shine like the noonday sun that we're not trying to get over on anyone but we are submitted to your word enough to be doers and not hearers alone. So we commit ourselves unto you Lord and we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for healing us and we thank you for your presence in Jesus' name and the believers said amen God bless you. I look forward to seeing you again here in the Woman Pray Podcast. We'll see you next time.